0: Hello, this is Rob and Mike from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, and this is Think Smart with TMFG. Today on Think Smart with TMFG, Mike and I are going to be discussing why investing is so, so difficult. Mike, today is our 150th podcast. Congratulations. It's been a great 150 so far, hasn't it? It certainly has. This one is a little bit different. We're actually not even in the same location. I am currently on a road trip down in California, and I think you're at, uh, at home in Aurora. So yep. uh, So this one, uh, the sound quality may not be 100%, but uh, we appreciate everyone listening. For 5,000 kilometers
1: between us, we're doing okay.
0: I think so. Technology's still working. Mike, your idea was to talk about why investing is so difficult. And obviously, we have the war going on in the Ukraine, and it's, you know, we're two weeks into it, and uh, this thing is, is probably going to go on for quite a while. We're seeing all kinds of restrictions put on Russia. Their stock market has been closed for over a week. We've seen the world stock market start to drop. In Canada, we've seen the first increase in interest rates of a quarter percent. And COVID is, at least in Ontario, is, is, uh, looks like it's coming to an end. Where I am in, in the US, uh, there's still COVID going on because they didn't have the same restrictions. So why does that get you thinking that investing so difficult? Would today not be a good time to invest? Well, I guess if you go back to the idea, are human beings wired to be good investors?
1: Is it a natural for us to be a good investor? And I was listening to some, uh, some podcasts in the over the last couple of weeks, and they were talking about, they were going back to Darwinism. And the idea that, you know, if you, go, if you go back and go to survival of the fittest, you start off with when people hear a noise, they generally go and take cover. And that's instinct. And it's it's built into us. And you know, it's instinct, because when a baby hears a noise, before you've trained them, that there's any danger, a baby's going to react poorly to that noise, too. So that's, that's wired into our DNA. And what they talk is the whole Darwin theory is that some people didn't have it wired in. And when they didn't have it wired in their DNA, they didn't survive long enough to reproduce. So they disappeared. So we've learned to run from things that, uh, that uh, produce fear. So, so that's what's created this survival type of instinct to people. And people like to react and change to anything that happens. And you know, we were talking before about things that you you have to change that we've learned through our life. So what are some examples of those things where we should
0: actually react and change? It's interesting you say about, you know, when we hear a loud noise, our reaction is to run. And I still remember you and I and a group of team members had gone down to the Raptors rally after they had won the championship. And I remember we were in a huge crowd down near City Park and there was a loud noise and it sounded like a gunshot. And very quickly, the crowd starts running and people were getting trampled and people kept running. And I I was lucky, I was in a position behind a gate. And all I had to do was no one was gonna get through this gate and I just had to hold my position and let everyone go by. But the crowd's natural response was to run and to keep running until they felt they were clear. And that holds true with investing. And you know, when COVID first hit, we saw people run. We saw the stock market drop dramatically right away. When this war started, the, 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 the market went down right away. And so it's natural that these things, this is our, our, our human natural reaction to do that, to run. What are some other examples? Well, if you look at you know things that we usually try to
1: change, if uh, your doctor comes up and says there's something going on with your health and you're you're not doing well, right? And and I guess your choice, one choice would be to do nothing, but that doesn't seem like a good option. Generally speaking, when we find there's a problem with something like our health and we found something's gone wrong, we're going to start to either go to the gym, start to change your exercise regime. We're probably going to change our diet. We're going to seek other doctors and dietitians. But when something is, someone tells you something's wrong with your health, you would never really do nothing, right? Stay stay the course. I remember you used to always uh, uh, tell us that on your business exam, you always got one point. Do nothing was always an option that was worth the, worth some points, <laughs> and it, it always seemed like a funny one. But it, it it's true. Do nothing is always an option. But with anything like your health do nothing is a pretty poor option to choose, right?
0: Absolutely. You get a bad diagnosis from your doctor, you're overweight or high blood pressure, whatever it is, you're going to take an immediate change. You're going to be in that gym the next morning. You're probably going to be having a protein shape for your breakfast. You're going to be having a salad for lunch immediately. You're going to react to it. And that that's just how we are wired. And even from a young age, when
1: you're in school, You go to school and you're failing out on a course, you're not doing well. Would your parents ever say, No, no, just do the same you're doing? You know, if something's gone wrong in school, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to have to try to change your study habits. You're going to start to read more material or different material than you're doing before. You're going to need to get a tutor in. You would never say, Well, my grade, I'm, you know, I'm failing out. So my, my solution is I'm just going to do nothing. It's not a good option. So we've been taught this from, you know, grade five. Don't do nothing. You used to Another thing he used to always say to staff, and I, I always thought this was a great line, you'd rather be fired for doing something than fired for doing nothing. <laughs> and I always thought that was a great thing to, for a staff to take up. Always try to do something. Don't get fired for not doing anything.
0: Yeah, that was from an old boss uh, at Hudson's Bay Company, Joe Tradak. And he always said, you know, don't sit in your office, you know, go out and do something. And uh, if you're, if you're going to get fired, would you rather get fired for doing something or fired for doing nothing? So it, it, was, it was valuable advice. You know, having had three kids and just seeing what they've gone through, the minute we see a bad report card, or we used to anyways, there, our first reaction was things have to change. <laughs> right? Okay. You're going to have to start the minute dinner is over, the minute you get home from school, you have to hit the books. And, you know, if that didn't work after a couple of months, we would look at, OK, how can we get extra help at school? Or maybe we need to go outside of school and get a tutor. But we were taking action right away.
1: Yeah, we've watched we both watch sports all the time. And, you know, you know the biggest change is the reason why you have between periods is so you can get your team straight up from where they're doing wrong the last period. You know, that great halftime football speech from that one movie, what was it? Which one was it? With uh, Al Pacino, yes. Al Pacino. It's the greatest speech ever in a movie and it's about halftime on how they have to change around everything they were doing in the first half. So, you know, everything we've done in our life from playing sports is if something isn't working right and something goes wrong, you have to make an immediate change.
0: So let's turn that around and look at investing. We often believe the absolute best thing to do when something like this happens when covid hits when a market correction happens when when a war starts is to do nothing and and it doesn't mean we're doing nothing completely we may be rebalancing the portfolio if one of those asset classes drops below where it's supposed to be so there is something we're doing but for the most part we're telling them if they were 60% in stocks or 70% in stocks to hold that amount in stocks, regardless of what happens in the world. And even the rebalance is actually running toward danger
1: rather than away from it. You know, during a volatile time, you have to move
0: toward the risky asset. And we're just not used to that. We're not wired for it. So you're telling me I need to, that asset class is now down 20% and you want me to put more money into it. And why? If if you look at the strategy behind that, and here's what I think investors struggle with, is if the market drops, future returns are going to be higher. If the market goes up, future returns are going to be lower. But as you and I know, after doing this for over 30 years, clients love to give us new money when things are going well, and what that really means is that their future returns will be lower.
1: It's a very tough concept for people to get. It, you know, it feels like it should be different, but the lower the price, the higher the expected future cash flows uh, based on the price you're paying, which means a higher expected future return. Uh, and it, it's invest in 101, but it's the hardest concept to get through to people.
0: Here's a simple example that we've gone through recently. You and I were just looking at some numbers before the podcast. The U.S. market, depending on how you look at it, is down over 10%. The Canadian market is up somewhere between 5 and 10%. That hasn't been the case for the last 10 years. The U.S. market has dramatically outperformed the market by 3 to 4% a year for the last 10 years. But we kept telling people our clients to keep putting money into Canadian equities, because it would come back and it would rebound. And sure enough, it has,
1: you know, two years ago, once this pandemic hit, oil futures hit zero, they were actually negative. And, And you know, we see where oil is going. And it's hard to believe that under two years ago, people weren't even willing to pay zero for oil because it wasn't worth storing. And it'd be hard to come up with a story behind this because we know electric cars are the future. We know all that, right? It's not not even a what-if game anymore. 10 years from now, most of us are going to be driving electric cars. That's just how the world's going. It's funny, you talk to people that are in the industry and they say they're just not putting any more development money into gasoline engines. So when you see this happening, you realize that Oil was going to be limited, uh, a limited time, but he never realized that it could go up this much this quickly. You just don't know.
0: Completely unpredictable, which is why we say do nothing, because if you do something, you're actually thinking, you know, what's going to unfold very simply. You could have the Ukraine and Russia come to an agreement tomorrow and fighting could stop. No one knows that. Not even Putin knows that at this stage. And I'm not saying that's gonna happen, I'm not trying to make a prediction here, but something like that will happen at some point.
1: Yeah, everyone wants to grab the controls when things start to get rough, but a lot of times they don't know what to do with the controls.
0: You made the comment that people may consider getting a little bit more aggressive when markets are bad and possibly getting more conservative when markets are good. What would that look like? Well, you see
1: someone in these rough markets go and change their position. If they were in, let's say, a 60-40 portfolio, 60% equities, 40% fixed income, and the markets took a pretty big hit, they may say, hey, you know, now's a time where I could take on a bit more risk. I'll move to a 70-30, 70% equity, 30% fixed income portfolio, and do it at a time when the markets are down. Because you're not as much risk by doing that in a down market than you are in an up market. When it feels good and just came off at 20% a year, it is a risky move, adding more equities to your portfolio. When equities have just taken a large hit, it's a lot less risky of a move.
0: With all the technology in the world, with all the information out there, you would think that investing would become easier. Do you think investing has become... Any easier in the time that you and I have been financial advisors? No, there, it, it can
1: be. There are easier solutions out there. We, we've seen them before. They have much better balanced portfolios than they did 20 years ago. It's it just much simpler to run, a lot cheaper to run. So that's come a long way. But along with that, they keep on coming with more complicated investment options, all these SPACs that are out there, cryptos, and all these different things that are really distractions. So I got to say that the financial field has come up with simpler solutions, cheaper solutions and better solutions. But along with that, they've already they've also created this whole broad span of complicated areas that people want to experiment in. And that keeps them very distracted from the good solutions that are now out there.
0: Definitely. Definitely. So our take is investing is very difficult. It's probably not mentally going to get any easier at any point we're in a rough period right now no one knows how it's going to end but it will end and we will move forward and the markets (laughs) will go back up any additional thoughts mike
1: it was funny i was looking through my notes and i i put one thing that says uh you you know uh when you're i like the woods i like to camp and i always heard that idea that if uh if a bear attacks you're supposed to play dead (laughs) so it seems like a great idea but I, I always thought when I, from when I was like five years on a camp trip, I don't know how I would play dead if a bear came and attacked me. <laughs> It'd be hard to just sit there. So if we
0: think uh, investing is tough. I think that would be the toughest thing. If the bear's coming down on you, all 600 pounds of them.
1: Yeah. So, so sometimes investing is just like the bear. When it starts to attack, when that bear market comes out and begins to attack, just play dead
0: and do nothing. <laughs> and, and if it doesn't work out, it won't matter anyway. that brings us to the end of another week this is Rob and Mike with Think Smart with TMFG thanks and have a great week
2: However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the previous information, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances. The opinions expressed are those of the authors and not necessarily those of Asante Capital Management Limited.